following message is presented by First Baptist Church of Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Now the message. I will never forget the day that I met Jesus. Seems like it was just yesterday. For over 400 years, nothing but silence. The prophets had spoken about him. The prophets had written about him. The Messiah's coming soon. We just didn't know when. Then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, one day of all people, my own brother, Andrew, he came to me. He said, we found the Messiah. Come and see where he's at. Of course, I thought he was joking. My brother Andrew, he's always the jokester, you know. I didn't know whether to take him serious or not. I didn't have anything to lose, though. So I went and I met him. The people called him Jesus. He was a miracle worker. And he spoke as one with authority. A teacher sent from God. Could this be the Messiah? And on the day I met him, he even gave me a new name. The rock. Me, a rock? No, you must be mistaken. I'm the most unstable person you'll ever meet. I'm emotional. I have anger issues. I'm not a rock. I'm not someone that you want to deal with. You see, even after I met Jesus, I didn't become a follower of his right away. It would take several other significant events before I actually became a follower of Jesus Christ. First of all, he came to us once again. He didn't just come to me the first time, but he came to us intentionally. We were mending our nets. We were fishermen by trade. We worked for our father. It was a family business. From a young lad, all I knew to do was fish. Catch fish, that was all I would do. Change my life. Follow Jesus. Give up everything that I knew, my family, my friends, my occupation. I don't know about that. But he came to me and Andrew when we were on the beach. We had just finished from a long night. We were mending our nets. And he said, follow me. Now, now this was different. Meeting the, the Messiah was one thing. Coming to know Jesus Christ on a personal level, that was one thing. But follow him every day for the rest of my life? I don't know about that. And then he did something I never will figure this out. My mother-in-law was sick. She had a fever. She had been on the bed for many, many days. All the doctors had examined her. They had tried to help her, but nothing they would do would make her better. And then Jesus showed up. And all he did was lay his hand upon her and pray for her. And immediately the fever left. Could this be the Messiah? I still wasn't convinced yet. I still wasn't a follower. You see, it wasn't until we had just finished a long night of fishing. We had fished all night long. We had been to our usual spots where we usually catch plenty of fish. And all night long, we toiled, we labored. We caught absolutely nothing. Anybody ever been on a fishing trip like that? (laughs) We all have. We were tired. We were exhausted. 
And Jesus wanted to use our boat of all people, my boat he wanted to use to preach out of. Might as well use it to preach out of. It wasn't catching any fish. I need to preach this message to the people. We pushed out a little way so he could use the water as an amplifier for his voice. All the lessons he taught. He didn't just speak as a normal teacher. He spoke in parables. He spoke in ways that we could understand. And then he turned to me and said, Peter, push out a little further and let down your nets. Of course, me, I argued with him. Master, we've toiled all night. We have caught nothing. But I said, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. Nevertheless, at your command, I'll let down my nets. And then something amazing happened. Something that would change my life forever. We tried to pick up the nets and we couldn't because they were so full of fish. Normally you catch fish at night in the shallows. But he said, this is daytime. Let's go out in the deeper waters. And the nets were so full that they began to break. And I knew right then that there was something special about this man. When we finally got all the fish to the shore, we had to get help from our friends, our partners. Their boats were filled as well. Our boats were about to sink. There were so many fish. And then all I could do was fall down at his feet. I said, Lord, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. And he said this to me. He said, this is something, this is something I will never, ever forget. He said, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Are you following Jesus right now? Have you met the Messiah? Do you know who he is? What has he done in your life to maybe get your attention? And from that moment on, for three solid years, I was with him day and night. Oh, the miracles I got to see. And it was all because someone who loved me and cared for me invited me to come Meet Jesus. I hear that many of you are here today because someone cared enough to invite you to come hear about Jesus. Are you a follower of Christ? Could this be the day? Could today be that very day that he does something significant for your life and you finally say, yes, I will become a follower because someone cared enough to invite me to church today. That wasn't the only miracle. That was just the beginning of it. My friend John, he said if he would have written about all the miracles he got to encounter, the world could not contain the books. I feel the same way. But yet in the end, I would even deny knowing who Jesus was. One of the first significant miracles, I'll never forget this one. Jesus had been teaching all day long, thousands of people, We couldn't even count how many were. Some estimated that there were 5,000 men plus the women and the children. And Jesus had been teaching all day long. It was at the end of the day. The people were hungry, they were tired, but they still wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Somebody said, Lord, let's send them away so they can find something to eat. And Jesus said, no, don't send them away. You take care of them. What do you have? And then we found a little boy. He had brought a lunch. He had bread and fish. Five loaves and two fishes was all he had. 
And we were questioning among ourselves, how can we feed so many people with only five loaves and two fish? And what did Jesus do? Jesus said, bring them to me. We said, Lord, we don't have much. This little boy has provided for us. But the thing that we learned on that day was that if you will give Jesus everything that you have, he'll do miraculous things with it. He's not asking you for to do everything. He's just asking you to give him what you have. And as he took the fish and the bread, he held it up. And he blessed it. He said, Lord, we have a problem here that only you can take care of. Would you please bless this food? And then he had baskets full. I don't know where they came from. All of the disciples there on that day, all 12 of us, we had baskets filled with fish and bread. And we began passing them out. All of the women would eat. All of the children would eat. And I'll never forget, it was some of the best bread that I have ever tasted in my life. Because it wasn't made by the hands of men. It came straight from the hands of God. Even the children got their bellies full of bread and fish. It was incredible. The baskets would be passed around all throughout the crowd that day. Nobody went hungry on that day. And in the end, not only did everybody get fed, not only was everyone satisfied, but there were basketfuls left over, all from five loaves and two fishes. You see, a lot of times when we run into problems, that's when God shows up. He says, you may have a problem, but that's no problem for me. I have a solution for everything you will run across. I will provide all of your needs if you will only follow me. And you see, I never would have gotten to experience this. It was only because someone who loved me and cared for me invited me to come meet Jesus. My friend Paul, he would even write about this day. He said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. It's incredible what Jesus will do. Even if you think it's just a little bit, if you'll just give him what you have, your time, your talents, but the thing he wants most of all is your obedience. Are you a follower of Jesus? Have you been able to witness these miraculous events in your own life? Has he touched your life in a special way? Has he provided for a need of yours in some significant way? If you will only say, yes, I'll be a follower of Jesus, you will then experience so many miraculous things. After that day, the people were gone. Everyone was satisfied. We saw this miracle. We were being obedient to what the Lord asked us to do. You see, he could have fed all of those people with just a snap of his fingers. Yet he allowed us to be a part of ministering to all of those people. After that day of teaching, he needed to go pray. He wanted to be alone by himself. So he sent us in a boat across the Sea of Galilee. And then he went alone to pray. 
We thought we were going to be safe because we were doing exactly what the Lord had asked us to do. All 12 of us, we got into the boat. We were experienced fishermen. This was nothing unusual for us. The Sea of Galilee, it doesn't take that long to get across it. But in the fourth watch of the night, the darkest part of the night, we experienced one of the worst storms that any of us had ever been in. The waves, they came out of nowhere. They were crashing against the boat. The sail was torn. We had no way of steering. We fought the storm all night long. We didn't know what we were going to do. We were doing exactly what Jesus had told us to do. But yet the boat we were in was about to sink. And then something caught my attention on the horizon. Everyone else thought it was a ghost, but I knew who it was. It was Jesus. He was coming to us in the darkest hour of the night, in the worst storm that we have ever experienced. He began coming to us. And I cried out to him, Jesus, is that you? He said, yes, it's me. He said, I said, Lord, if it is you, let me come out on the water and walk with you. And he said, come. Without hesitating, I leapt onto the water. And I began walking. At first, it was smooth sailing. I could do it. I was getting closer and closer to Jesus. But then I began noticing everything around me. The waves crashing, the water swirling, the wind whistling around my head. And when I took my eyes off of Jesus, I began to sink deeper and deeper because I was worrying about what was going on around me and I wasn't focused on Jesus. And when I thought I was going under, I thought there was no hope left at all. That's when he came along. He reached down and he took me by the hand. And you know what we did then? We began walking together because he wanted to assure me that I wasn't in this alone. And he wanted to assure me that no matter how low I got, no matter how distracted in life I got, no matter how perilous the situation seemed to be, he was going to be there to rescue me. And he could deliver me out of any problem or any situation that I would find myself in. I think you sang, you sang a song about that just a few moments ago. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I, because his love lifted me up when I couldn't do it on my own. When I was worried about what was going on around me, when the storm was at its worst, Jesus says, I'm going to be there for you. David wrote about it in his Psalms. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then once Jesus stepped inside the boat, guess what happened? The winds, they ceased. The water became calm and we were all safe. See, with Jesus in your boat, you can smile at the storm and he will protect you. 
He will be your rock. He will be your anchor. He will be the one that calms the storms of life around you. Even after all of these things, so many more, I could go on for days and days and days about the things that I got to witness. People healed. The raising of Lazarus. So many other things I could tell you about. But it was on the night before he died on the cross. He had a meal with us. And he said this, he says, one of you will betray me. I knew, Lord, it's not me. Lord, I will, will, I will go with you to the grave. I'll do anything for you. I will not betray you. And he turned and looked at me. He said, Peter, he says, even before this night is over, you're going to deny me three times. I said, no, Lord, not me. I will never deny you. After we left the upper room that night, when we had our last Passover meal together, he took us to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he began praying. He prayed for us. You know what? He prayed for you too. He prayed for all of his believers, all who would follow him, that his Holy Spirit would be within them and keep them strong. He even begged for me to go with him a little bit further. And as he prayed, you know what I did? I took a nap. I fell asleep. My spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. And in all of these things that I got to see Jesus do, the one thing that he asked me to do was to stay awake and be alert because the end was drawing near. Yet as he prayed, I couldn't even stay awake. But you know what? He forgave me of that. He understood. He knew there was only so much that we as human beings could do. And then the one who would betray him came with a group. They had swords. They had torches. They had clubs. It's like they were coming after a hardened criminal. When he did nothing wrong, he was innocent. Completely innocent. And I got to be a part of what was going on that night. Even whenever the guards came up to apprehend him, we tried to cut one of their ears off. We struck it with a sword. And Jesus warned us, don't do that. This is all part of God's plan. And even his enemies, the one who came to apprehend him, he picked up the guard's ear. And he put it back in place. His message was us to us was this. Don't resist God's plan. This is all part of what God wants to do in and through us. And what's going on with me right now, you don't understand it now, but you'll know it later on. They apprehended Jesus. They brought him to a mockery of a trial. They beat him with whips. They pulled his beard. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. Someone who was completely innocent suffered and bled and died for us. Before all that took place, though, was the worst thing that I had ever done. And I just knew when I did this that Jesus was completely through with me. I knew that he would never, ever be able to forgive me of this. 
We were all gathered around a fire. It was dark. It was cold. The guards were there. The servants were there. They knew who I was. They knew who Jesus was. And it was there gathered around a fire. I concealed myself. I was ashamed of who I was. I didn't want to get into trouble. I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to go through the suffering that Jesus went through. So I concealed myself. Yet one of the servant girls recognized me. She came to me. She said, you you are one of his followers, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not one of his followers. Then some of the guards came to me and said, we we saw you in the garden with Jesus, didn't we? You, you were with him, weren't you? I said, no, that wasn't me. I don't even know who the man is. The next group came along. They said, we know that you are one of his followers because your speech deceives you. Your voice gives you away. We, I was so angry. I even said some things to them that I should not have said. They were not nice things at all. And it was after the third time that I denied knowing Jesus had happened just as he said it would. Jesus said I would deny him three times before the rooster crows and it happened just as he said it would. And there across the fire our eyes met And he had the saddest look in his eyes. But yet there was a sense of lovingness and forgiveness that I had never seen. I had just betrayed the man that I walked on the water with. I had just betrayed the man that allowed me to help him feed thousands of people. I had just betrayed the man that I spent three whole years of my life and his life with. I told everybody that I didn't even know who Jesus was. And Jesus had said something to this effect about people and what they say and whether they know Jesus or not. He said this, he says, whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. However, whosoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. And I had just denied knowing who Jesus was. Are you a follower of Jesus? Do you let others know that you love the Lord? Have you told someone about Jesus lately? You see, all of these things I would have never experienced if someone hadn't have invited me to come hear about Jesus. The good times in the bad times. You may be here today, and you may be like me. You may think that all hope is lost. I've done something that the Lord will never forgive me of. How could he possibly forgive me of this? You see, I felt that way. When I watched him on the cross, when I watched him take his last breath, the only thing I could think of was I denied knowing who my Lord and my Savior is. And now I'll never have the chance at forgiveness again. They put him in a borrowed tomb and for three days and three nights, nothing had happened. 
But on that third day, that morning, some women went to his tomb to anoint his body. And they came back, they said he wasn't there. I was the first one to make it back to the tomb. And I I stepped inside the tomb, I saw the grave clothes that were laying there. And those thoughts began to go through my head. He'll never forgive me for what I've done. I'll never get the chance to meet him again and say I'm sorry. But after 40 days from his resurrection, I got tired of waiting. I told my friends, I'm going fishing just like I used to do. God's through with me. He'll never use me again, so I'm going to go back to doing what I used to do. And it was there on that night, the same thing happened. We had caught nothing. And there was somebody standing on the shore. I didn't recognize him at first. He said, put your nets on the other side of the boat. It's the same water, the same ocean, the same nets. What difference would it make? But just as he did the first time, the nets were completely full. And I knew it was Jesus. I couldn't wait until the boat got back to the shore. I dove in right away and I swam to him. And there, once again, around a fire, except this time he had bread and fish roasting. He wanted to give us breakfast by the sea, but he also had a message for me. And I remember sitting at that fire as our eyes met. Lord, I denied you not just once, not just twice, but three times I denied. And he knew what he needed to do. And he asked me directly at that moment, Peter, do you love me? I said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Not just once, not just twice, but three times he would ask me if I loved him. And in the end, he said, here's what I want you to do, Peter. I want you to feed my sheep. Continue to follow me for the rest of your life. And you will see a multitude of people come to know me as their personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and someone has invited you to come hear about Jesus. Are you a follower of Christ? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? That's what the scriptures tell us in Psalm 34, 8, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the person who trusts in him. And from that moment on, I followed Jesus with the rest of my life. At the end of my life, they wanted to crucify me just as they did Jesus. I said, no, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. So they crucified me upside down. Perhaps you're here today and you think you've done something that God will never, ever forgive you of. I'm here to give you a personal testimony that that's not true. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how many times you've denied even knowing who Jesus is, no matter how many mistakes that you've made, God can still reach down with his tender eyes of mercy and with his loving words and he can pull you up out of that. He can set your feet on solid ground 
and he can allow you to walk the straight and narrow path that he has for your life. If you will only come to him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I believe that you are the Messiah and I want to become a follower of yours for the rest of my life. Lord, I know it's gonna cost me some things. I know I may lose a few friends. I know the struggle is gonna be there before me, but I know in the end it's all gonna be so, so worth it. You see, even after denying that I knew the Lord three times, he called me the rock. He said, upon you, I'm going to build my church. And he restored me three different times. And said, now let's get down to doing business and what I've created you for. His Holy Spirit came to live within me and on the day of Pentecost, I've never preached before, but I got to preach a message and 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord. All because I said yes to Jesus. And I committed my life to following him. And with every fiber, every fiber that is within me, I'm gonna continue to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm gonna deny the ways of the world because I know that God is good. I know that he is patient. I know that he is loving. I know that his mercy covers a multitude of sins. My friend John wrote in his gospel, his letter, he said that it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us of all of our sins. But I wrote about his mercy and his forgiveness. One of my letters that I wrote, I said this, I said that God is not slack concerning his promises, but that he is long-suffering towards us. Think about that word for just a moment. What is long-suffering? That means patient. That means he'll wait for you. That means he'll forgive you. That means he knows you're going to make mistakes. God is long-suffering towards us. And here's the main thing, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, that's what I had to do. I had to repent. I had to ask Jesus to forgive me, and I had to make a commitment to follow him no matter what. And just like that night on the stormy sea, when I cried out to the Lord to save me, you know what he did? He saved me. Scripture also tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's exactly what he'll do for you today. You see, just like I had to step out of the boat, in just a moment, some of you are gonna have to get out of your comfort zones. That pew that you're sitting in, it's similar to the boat that I was in. You're safe where you're at. You're comfortable where you're at. But when God calls you to come and follow him, you may have to step out of that boat and then by faith walk towards him and take Jesus by the hand and say, I give my life to you. It's all I have to offer. Now what can you do with it? And you'll get to experience that simply because someone cared enough to invite you to come hear about Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. In so many different ways, I've told you about the life of Peter the apostle tonight, this morning.
But in so many ways, I've shared with you my own testimony. And in so many ways, some of you are able to relate to that testimony as well. You you may be here today, you may think that, that you've done something that God will never be able to forgive you of. I beg to differ with that. I'm here to tell you that God can and God will forgive you of whatever it is. He'll give you a new life. The Apostle Paul said that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things become new. Are you waiting for a new life today? You can't do it on your own. Just like when Peter was walking on the water, he couldn't do it on his own. He had to have Jesus there to carry him through. So have you put your hands in the hand of the Savior? And if not, what's stopping you? In just a moment when the music begins, we're going to have a closing hymn. Whatever the Lord is prompting you to do, this will be a time for you to respond. Maybe you're looking to renew your faith. Maybe you're looking to make a fresh commitment on following the Lord. This will be your opportunity. Maybe you already know that you're a Christian. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. The thing that I ask you to do is begin praying now for others around you. Maybe you're here tonight, or maybe you're here this morning, and you never have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never made that first step of faith. Maybe you don't know what it means to become a Christian. That's what I would like to do, is to tell you how you can make those first steps in giving him your life and walking with him for the rest of your life. It's as simple as ABC. The Bible tells us that we need to admit that we are sinful people. The Bible says that there are none righteous, no, not one, that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin creates a separation between us and God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, not a physical death, but a spiritual death. That's the bad news. The good news is this, and this is where B comes in. We must believe that Jesus died in the place of our sins. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You need to admit. You need to believe. And the next thing you need to do is you need to confess. Confess your sins to God and then commit to following him with the rest of your life. And call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to save you. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes into the righteousness, but it is with the mouth that confession is made to salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it's as simple as saying a prayer like this. If you want to repeat after me in your own mind silently where you sit at, 
You just call out to God. You say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I now ask you to come into my life and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And to the best of my ability, I will commit to follow you with all of my life, with all of my heart, and with all of my soul. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.